This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? Ready. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. See, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. This is your NFL Week 4 Best Bets episode. I'm your host today, Brendan Glass-Sheen, joined by three Action Network experts who are going to go through each of their three favorite bets for each of the weekend's action. Of course, coming your way Sunday. As a reminder, you can follow along on the Action app by following our account, Action Network NFL Picks. Six and three in Week 3 for the squad, 17 and 10 overall through three weeks of action, led by... Vegas refund, Luke Swain. He's been the man. Easy to see how he's gotten so popular these last couple of years. He started the season seven and two with his picks. He's now looking away from the screen like, all right, stop talking about me. Uh, you're jinxing, man. <laughs> so joining Luke today. Luke, just take it and run with it, okay? Joining Luke, Brandon Anderson, Dave Martinez will join us this weekend for Jill. As a reminder, catch Dane hosting the new live show at Action Network, Green Dot Daily, weekdays at noon Eastern on the Action Network YouTube page and also the Green Dot Daily podcast. Folks, unders have been hitting at a high rate, 30 and 17 against the number through three weeks. You have to go back to 1991 through the first three weeks of the season. The last time an under rate was this high was 1991 at 71% hit. 30 and 12 record for unders through three weeks. Then you got 2022 at 30 and 17. And also I thought this was interesting from Evan Abrams at action network through three weeks. We've seen a total of 24 home underdogs and 24 home favorites. Exactly. Even in the last 40 years, we've never seen as many uh, 24 home underdogs in the first three weeks of the season. That's that has not happened before. So some historic stuff here through these first couple of weeks as we always do to start our best bets episode let's go around the horn here a one sentence summary for week four brandon anderson per usual get us started please i'm calling this prove it week 28 out of 32 teams have either one or two wins so it's just time to see what's real from all these teams all right what do you got for us day martinez welcome back Hey, thank you. I'm going to go with separation Sunday. Similar to Brandon, I think you start to see what is real, what is fake, who are truly the better teams in the NFL. And Luke Swain, please. I think this is just a week that I agree with Brandon Prove It Week. We got, I think, 11 sides of three or less in terms of spread, which I believe is the most ever. Um, and if you already picked the Packers in your survivor pool, good luck. <laughs> okay, very good. Packers <laughs> are home against the Patriots. And yeah, you had to go back to the Cam Newton 2020 year when he had COVID. Brian Hoyer taking over. That's yet to be seen. We'll see what happens. Mac Jones was in the meeting room today with the Patriots, so we shall see. Okay, first best bet will come from Brandon Anderson. As a reminder, our experts have not consulted with one another before starting this record. So we could get some overlap. We may get some contradictions. We'll see. Every man for themselves here on these best bets. Brandon Anderson, hit us hard with pick number one. 
Well, we're already talking about it, so let me just dive right in. And I'm going to pick someone in that Patriots-Packers game, and I am not going to take the big favorites. I'll back the Patriots plus nine and a half. I'll take the underdog here. This line, to me, is an overreaction. Mac Jones is out. We know this. He hurt his ankle. We saw the line move. It was six on Sunday morning, reopened eight and a half Sunday evening, jumped to ten and a half, starting to fade back down to where it's a little bit more in range. But to me, this just sets up as a classic Bill Belichick underdog spot. The Patriots have been better than you think offensively, mostly because the run game has been really good. Damian Harris, Ramonde Stevenson, they're doing it well. And Brian Hoyer, the man can hand the ball off. He's been around the league long enough to get a good handoff down. And the Packers are dead last in rushing defense DVOA. So this is a great spot for Belichick to do the usual underdog thing. You hand the ball off, you milk the clock, keep Aaron Rodgers on the sideline where it can't hurt you, and just try to keep this thing close for a while. Belichick as an underdog, 30-17-2 and two against the spread, 64% cover rate. When he's more than a six-point dog, 75% cover rate. And if he's an underdog after a loss, 11-1 and one against the spread, 92% cover rate, and a winning record as an underdog after a loss straight up. So I think this is a great spot for the Patriots underdog. Hoyer or Jones, I don't really care. Hand the ball off. Keep it close. The Packers offense this year is not explosive. They're not a team that's going to run away and hide in this game. we got a low total here. I like the Patriots to keep it close and get the cover. First half line was six and a half, and that is moving down as well towards six. So that that's interesting, too. Speaking of a low total, if the Patriots can kind of hang around, you, you noted and you laid it out nicely about Belichick and his history, but that's eye-popping, too, that first half number. You've been on this, Brandon Anderson, on, on Green Dot Daily with Dane Martinez. You were telling folks, get it now, go yep. get it. That number could move based on the news. That leads us to Dane. What is your first pick for us today? Sure, I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens at home getting three points against the Buffalo Bills. And it's always funny, you know, when we hear the Buffalo Bills, the prohibitive favorites to win the Super Bowl, people assume they're going to go 17-0. and 0. Like, if we fast forward in the future and they do, in fact, go 13-4 and 4 or something like this, this would be a legitimate one that they could still drop. They're facing the number one offense in the NFL in Baltimore, 13 touchdowns, over 33 points a game. And remember, that Buffalo defense is still banged up i'm dane martinez it was good to see dane jackson back at practice in the red non-contact jersey but still no micah hyde still got you know ed oliver banged up and i think that will be a problem against this bolt uh, baltimore offense lamar jackson okay are you ready for this without any of his rushing statistics would be the qb5 in fantasy football so far and without any of his passing statistics would be RB 11 in fantasy football as of now. So I actually think these two teams can shoot it out, but I also believe that we saw some Miami do something here. They had the too high safety look kind of taking away the Stefan Diggs over the top. And I think that may be a blueprint that teams start to have against this Buffalo bills team, forcing Josh Allen to like take what's given to him, maybe, run as well I think three points for the Baltimore Ravens is too much at home because I think they're a Super Bowl contender I think Lamar is an MVP contender and here's the other thing I said to Brandon Anderson as well this week if you have a strong position on this game I would also correlated bet that quarterback in the MVP market because whether it's Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson if one of them pop off and get a victory over the other you're going to see them as the favorite I 
think it's Lamar. I think it's Baltimore. Give me the Ravens plus three at home. On the FanDuel Sportsbook, Lamar Jackson plus 550 to win MVP. The next man ahead, the only man ahead of him, Josh Allen at plus 300. So that's great advice by Dane Martinez. Should be a fascinating scene, Baltimore and Buffalo this weekend. Luke Swain, how about your first pick for us? Yeah, I'm going to be on the Ravens plus three as well. Um, It's just a really, really hard spot for the Bills after that Miami game where there are a lot of narratives coming out of that Miami Bills game from last week about Miami's defense being on the field for 90 plus plays, which means that the Bills defense was on the field for 90 plus plays. And if you were watching that game, man, the Bills offense, they, it was like the life was just getting sucked out of them. You had guys falling on the ground, cramping up. Diggs was just, it was just a total struggle. Uh, and then when you go to Baltimore to play a Super Bowl contender the next week, like I just don't see it where, I looked it up. Offenses that played 90 plus plays and are favored the next week have gone four and 14 against a spread and are nine and nine straight up, which a like, small sample size, but definitely favors the Ravens. And then Lamar, five and all as an underdog at home, and Harbaugh, 11 and four at home as an underdog. There are some weather concerns, um, but if they do come into play, I think they favor the Ravens greatly. Um, and I'll just take the Ravens plus three, easy money. I'm sure we'll have more discussions about weather later on in the program, thanks to the uh, the old hurricane. But there, there is a game that is affected by that. Let's go back to Brandon Anderson. Pick number two for us, please. Well, last week we went in on Cliff Kingsbury. I'm going back to the Kingsbury well this week, but I'm flipping sides. I'm going to bet with Cliff Kingsbury as an underdog, Cardinals plus one and a half in Carolina. So this is another line that moved a lot after the weekend, and I think it moved incorrectly. It was two and a half for the Cardinals as favorites before Sunday's games. The Cardinals went out and lost to the Rams. Eh, Okay, they played them relatively even. They had five long drives to end the game, but kept stalling for field goals. The Panthers finally got a win. The Panthers were not good. The Panthers, really, the Saints got a loss is what happened in their matchup. And this line swung four points the other direction. And I'm not really sure we learned much about either of these teams that should have moved the line at all. Importantly here... Cliff Kingsbury, we fade him against the Sean McVays of the world like we did last week. We fade him against the great coaches. Guess who's not a great coach? Our friend Matt Rule over with Carolina, who I don't even know why the man is still coaching that team this year. And I'll tell you this right now. This game is our last chance ever to bet against Matt Rule as an NFL favorite. That's it. This is your chance as a favorite. Matt Rule is 3-10 and against the spread. But he's 3-10 and straight up. He loses as a favorite nearly every time. He's lost seven in a row outright as a favorite. And and remember, Baker Mayfield has not been on this team till recently. Mayfield, 11-22-1 against the spread. 33% cover rate as a favorite. He has failed to cover seven in a row as a favorite. Why are Baker Mayfield and Matt Rule favorites in an NFL game in 2022? I don't understand it. I will take the Cardinals. Kingsbury as an underdog, 19-9-2 against the spread, covering 68%. And I talked about the coaching disparity. If you look at Kingsbury as an underdog against any coach in NFL history who has not won a Super Bowl, that's it. Just remove the Super Bowl winning coaches. Kingsbury as an underdog, 11-0-1 against the spread. He has never failed to cover against one of these non-Super Bowl winners. 
straight up on the money line, nine, two and one, 108% ROI. I like the Cardinals here. They should be favorites. I like Vance Joseph blitzing against Maker Mayfield. I'll take the Cardinals plus one and a half. I'll take the money line. Quickly, Brandon Anderson, there were some two and a halves out there just a few days ago. Any idea why that may have been the case? I uh, truly, I don't like okay. normally I'm very good at devil devil's advocating and trying to say, okay, well, here's the, here's what happened on the other side. And I guess what happened is Cliff Kingsbury. Like maybe that's the answer is like, Oh, actually this was the last time to bet against Cliff Kingsbury. Maybe that's where we're headed. <laughs> the, the weather could be a factor here as well, but I'm not really sure which direction that goes. Christian McCaffrey is not practicing now. So that could be a factor as well. That's obviously Carolina's offense. So I think we're gonna see a lot of Baker passing and that is not a good sign that you want the Panthers. I'll, I'll stay on the uh, Cardinals here. Okay. That's a, that's a good thing that if you don't know why, if you go to the two and a half, great. I think that's what I'm getting at here. So yes. just curious, but yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. Okay. Let's go to uh, back to Dave Martinez for his second pick. Sure. And I got to give a disclaimer here. I am unfortunately a Jets fan. My grandparents had season tickets in Shea stadium watching Joe Namath. Okay. So I'm sorry, grandma and grandpa, but I'm going with the Steelers minus three against the New York Jets. And what it comes down to is we're expecting the return of Zach Wilson. And I just think this is a tough assignment to come right back, go on the road against Pittsburgh. And here is the key stat I want people to see. It's the turnover margin of these two teams. Pittsburgh is plus four. The Jets are minus three. I think that will kind of remain. I think the Jets make more mistakes in this one on the road with Zach. Wilson coming back than Pittsburgh does. We've all been talking about this Pittsburgh offense and how they're kind of bland, right? Dink and dunk. But I think that'll be just enough in this one against the Jets defense. The only prayer, in my opinion, the Jets have is to run the ball. Pittsburgh has not been good against the run and we'll see if Brees Hall and Michael Carter can do it. But I don't think that's the case. I think the Jets will turn the ball over. I think Zach Wilson will be under pressure in his first game back. Alex Highsmith with four and a half sacks already. And you're telling me these two teams that both average less than 18 points a game I don't think the Jets are going to do much here in the return of Zach Wilson I think it's going to take some time I'll take the home team laying only three points I think the Pittsburgh Steelers get it done full week of rest and then some for Mike Tomlin and company nine four and one against the number over the last five years of full full week of rest and then he's also uh 17 and 10 ATS off a double digit loss which if you all remember I don't know if that's necessarily fair to call that a double digit loss hmm. uh it got a little weird at the end there but hey it goes down as a double digit loss so what are you gonna do uh very good luke swain your second best bet please so i'm gonna go with the broncos plus two and a half and if you remember this past weekend sunday night game which was the yeah. niners and the broncos and it was just... which, which by the way you were on denver plus one <laughs> yeah which it was a tough <laughs> game to watch and it was just Russell Wilson versus probably the best defense in the league right now. And when you go to the Raiders, which are probably bottom three or four defense in the league, it's just a, a play down where I think this game is going to be more of the Broncos offense versus the Seahawks, which is a game they probably should have won if you subtract the red zone goal line fumbles, where I'm higher on the Broncos offense, I think, than everyone else. And I do have hope where Judy and KJ Hamler should be more healthy um, this week. And it's just, I think everyone is picturing how bad they looked this past weekend and underrating how good this Niners defense is, um, which going into a Raiders defense that are thin, 
they should just, it should be, I guess, quote unquote, the cliche get right game for the Broncos offense. So I'll take Broncos plus two and a half. Okay. Very good. That, uh, yeah, that was quite the tractor pull that we had to watch on Sunday. Let's go to Brandon Anderson and get each of the guys final picks. Pick number three, BA. All right. I'm going to go to the AFC South for the two teams. Everyone still thinks erroneously are the class of the division, the Titans and the Colts. And I will take the Titans on the road plus three and a half. Look, both these teams got their first win on Sunday. Everyone's kind of feeling like, all right, Titans are back. Colts are back. I'm not really sure either of these teams is back. These teams are both built around their old school mentality, run the ball, control the clock, and they're not doing it. Neither one of them is doing it this year. The offensive lines have not been good. Both teams are bottom 10 in rushing DVOA so far. So what you need to look at is, okay, where is there an advantage here? Who can actually do things on offense? The Colts rank dead last in offensive DVOA, second to last in EPA per play. However, the Titans can pass the ball. I'll take the better Ryan here, and that's Ryan Tannehill, not Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan has been terrible, can't move in the pocket, making all sorts of mistakes, basically like they just cloned Carson Wentz and kept him around. Ryan Tannehill is actually connecting down the field and has been good against the Colts. He had three touchdowns, both games against them last year. He is 11-7 and seven straight up as an underdog with the Titans. And in this, this division rivalry, the road team has actually been really good. Road team has won six of the last seven games in this rivalry. So I like the spot for Tennessee. I think they're getting too many points here. Mike Vrabel, when he is more than a three-point underdog, is 18-7 and seven against the spread, covering 72% of the time. And he's won outright 17 out of those 25 games, 102% ROI. So you want Mike Vrabel when he's a big underdog. The script sets up in his favor. I like the Titans. I smell an upset. Or maybe that's just the Colts I'm smelling. I don't know. But I'll take Tennessee either way. Could also just be the division. But uh, hey, like we talked about on the recap show Sunday night, Monday morning, the AFC South went 3-0 and against the AFC West. And maybe did. we all got <laughs> too ahead of ourselves on that division. Dave Martinez, your uh, final best bet for us, please. Yeah, I'm going to be consistent this week. I'm big on turnover numbers, sack numbers, and dual threat quarterbacks. And with that, I'm giving the Philadelphia Eagles minus six and a half at home against Jacksonville. Did you know that before last week, uh, Trevor Lawrence had never won a road game in the NFL? So now you're going to ask him to kind of be in back-to-back road games with the long trip. I don't think it's going to happen. Jacksonville is actually plus seven in the turnover margin, and I think that's kind of artificially boosting them. And I don't don't think Jalen Hurts is going to turn it over. Only one interception so far. You heard me earlier kind of extol the virtues of Lamar Jackson. Well, Jalen Hurts is the first quarterback in NFL history through three games to have 900 yards passing and 150 yards rushing. That's why he too is in that MVP kind of conversation. The Eagles have the most yards gained out of anybody in the NFL, 455 yards a game. And I don't think this Jacksonville defense will stop them. I also know it's the return of Doug Peterson going back to Philadelphia, but I actually think that helps Philly more than it helps Jacksonville. Under Nick Sirianni, this team is completely different. You remember last year in kind of the middle of the season, they decided we are going to change our identity and become a more run-heavy team. Peterson doesn't know about that. If anything, I think it's Philly that knows the tendencies of a Peterson team and offense. I believe in this Philadelphia team. 
I believe in Jalen Hurts. And I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be under pressure seriously for the first time this year. I don't think that Sunshine is good enough to stay in two road games in a row as long as it stays under seven like it is right now at six and a half. I'll take the Eagles to fly, fly, fly all the way to four and oh. You know, we talked about MVP earlier on the show, and now I'm fascinated if indeed Hurts and the Eagles take care of business. I wonder if Allen or Jackson dominates one or the other. Does that then catapult Hurts into a real discussion to be the second guy, potentially? Uh, Brandon, you got a thought on that? I do have a thought. I'll give you a different name. I'll take the other quarterback in that game. I'll take Trevor Lawrence. If the Jags go on the road and win that game, Trevor Lawrence, I think, could vault himself into MVP conversation. He's 40 to 1 right now. I have an article up as a long shot futures. I think that's a sneaky play. If the Jaguars are real, Sunshine's going to get a look. Let me ask you something right back, though. Like, what would the Jaguars as a team have to do for Lawrence to get serious look for that player award? Yeah, we know they're going to need to be a top two seed. Any, any MVP basically is a quarterback on a top two seed. So we're going to need a lot, but we're banking on, I think, at that point, bad division, soft schedule, defense that looks legit. You don't think it is? We will see. I think this is a real test this weekend. But I think that's the case is a team that's improved a lot, soft schedule. You need probably 12, 13 wins to get to the conversation. Maybe that's too much for Jacksonville, but we shall see. When you go Pacific Standard Time to Eastern Standard Time, too, on a road trip like the Jags are last decade, those teams are just covering the spread 40% of the time. So it's a trend not going their way, hence why Dane likes the Eagles to cover just short of a touchdown. Luke, take us home. Your third best bet for week four. Yeah, so my last one's going to be the Tampa Bay Bucks minus one currently uh, on Sunday Night Football, which right before this, we recorded this it was announced that the game is going to be in Tampa Bay, which is great news. And one of the bigger bets I ever regret is taking the chiefs against the bucks in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, um, which was one of the most dominant performance I think I've ever seen where this defense is very similar to that game. I'm not saying it's going to be the same game whatsoever, but looking at the practice reports, a lot of the bucks receivers are, have been limited to participants. I think we're going to get at least one of the Godwins Julio's and I'm assuming Gage is going to play. And then we're getting Mike Evans back as well, which bonus bet, take Mike Evans, anytime TD, whatever the odds are, just bet it. Um, and Tom Brady off a loss, 10 and 0 against the spread. It's just, a, it's a, it's an easy play for me at home. Sunday night football bucks minus one. Love it. Very simple. Enjoy that. And yeah, Gage part, uh, practice Wednesday. Julio was limited. Godwin limited, but all out there. So that's... And this, yeah. And this Bucks defense is legit. Like, it is so legit. So. And the you saw what the Chiefs did last week against the Colts. They very much struggled. They probably should have won that game. But second game on the road in Tampa. Tom Brady, hello. Like, come on. Love it. <laughs> okay, those are our best bets. We will recap before we wrap the show. But before we wrap the show, let's look uh, very quickly to next week's lines for NFL Week 5 to see if we like any numbers now before they make any sort of adjustments based on Sunday's action. Brandon Anderson... Nick is alone on this today. You got one for us. What do you like for week five? I like the Detroit Lions. They are one and a half point underdogs in New England next weekend. The Detroit Lions are underdogs to Brian Hoyer and the Patriots next weekend. What are we doing? I had to triple check this line to make sure it wasn't a typo. The Lions are not going to be underdogs by the time we get to kickoff here. Look, 
Detroit is supposed to be beating up on Seattle this weekend. That's what the line tells us. Mm -hmm. And the Patriots are probably going to lose in Green Bay. I know I backed them just a few minutes ago. There's a difference between covering a double-digit spread and actually looking like a team that should be favored against the Lions who have looked good. Detroit's offense is the real deal. They're blocking well. The run game has been really good. The Patriots are bottom five against the run. So this sets up very nicely for Detroit. And I just feel like this line is going to move once people kind of wake up to the reality of what Detroit is now and what Belichick's Patriots and Brian Hoyer aren't anymore. Dan Campbell has covered 10 of his last 12 games. And this is back for now into the underdog role that he likes. Brian Hoyer, our guy, has lost 11 starts in a row, and he is favored here. His last win was six years ago. He has switched teams five times since winning a game, and we're favoring him. Take Detroit. I don't think they're going to last as a favorite. I like the Lions. Do, I- new, do not lose sight of this angle, too, uh, Luke. Do not lose sight of the fact that some of these Lions players hate Matt Patricia's guts and they want to stick. I like that. I like that. All, I just want to say, I, I, that is, you're definitely going to get value on that, Brandon. But I do want to say the shit like Hoyer starting next week. I don't think it's going to be Mac Jones, but the last time a backup started for a former first round pick, that was a quarterback went pretty well. And Bailey Zappi should definitely get the chance soon. Not saying that, he's going to make any difference in terms of the line, but that is a QB unknown. That is something that always worries me. We know who a lawyer is. He's just not good. Bailey Zappy. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, this, uh, the, the Hoyer number is definitely. So wait, you're more me... worried if they go to Zappy about yes. the pick? Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Correct. 100%. Like, like one of my number one okay. rules is like, you don't bet against a quarterback that you know nothing about. Like, there is a huge un- unknown on Bailey Zappi, and that's just a principle for me. But at the same time, like the Pats aren't good. I don't think it matters who's <laughs> at quarterback. And nonetheless, I, I agree that there is a fear factor with Bailey Zappi, the rookie, if he does get in. But if he does get in there, we're probably going to get this line up to like lines yeah. favored by a field goal or more. And right. then you have a lot of options from there, sure. too. So I think it's just a great CLV spot right now. Love that. Lions, dogs in Foxborough next week. Let's recap the picks. Brandon Anderson is on the Cardinals, plus one and a half. He likes the Patriots this week, plus nine and a half at Lambeau Field. And the Tennessee Titans at the Colts, plus three and a half. Luke is on Denver, plus two and a half against the Raiders. Ravens, plus three. And the Bucks minus one. They are home this week, folks. They are playing in Tampa. That was announced earlier on Thursday. And then Dane also likes the Ravens plus three Steelers minus three going against his jets. And then he's got the Eagles just short of a touchdown at minus six and a half. That'll do it for our action network podcast, our NFL week four best bets episode. Thanks to Brandon Anderson, Dane Martinez and Luke Swain, Vegas refund for joining us today. I'm Brendan Glasheen. Best of luck, everybody with your bets this weekend. We will join you again Monday morning for our recap show, recapping week four, looking ahead to week five on the action network podcast.